0: Welcome to Winning Is Not Everything, where we bring sanity back to youth sports by focusing on character development, effort, and sportsmanship, not rankings and trophies. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, former NFL reporter, children's book author, and youth sports coach. Winning is not everything, right? Well, Jason Mohns and I may represent opposite perspectives on those four words. Stay tuned to find out what I'm talking about. TeamSnap is the presenting sponsor of the Winning Is Not Everything podcast as an all-in-one youth sports management app TeamSnap helps take the stress out of coaching, letting you spend more time with your team and less time organizing. As a coach, I love to track the real-time RSVPs, which lets me prepare for each training session and I love to post scouting reports and discussion topics. As a parent, I appreciate being able to sync my kids' schedules directly into my calendar and use the Team Chat feature for timely updates on where to meet and park. Download the TeamSnap app in your mobile app store or visit TeamSnap.com winning for more information. For my young listeners, I have a deep hope that you recognize something important in many episodes of Winning is Not Everything. I don't always have to agree with my guest. It's okay to have a difference of opinion. It's okay to not be perfectly aligned with a teammate, a friend, a parent, etc. My aspiration is that I live out the importance of sharing a perspective, but also giving my guests the opportunity to share theirs as well. And my goal isn't to quote-unquote win, but rather learn and share. This is part three of my conversation with Jason Mones, an elite high school football coach in Arizona. And I really appreciated how honestly he shared about his experiences and his insights. But I believe our discourse is an example of why context is so important and how you can't reduce things to a few words or even a few sentences because he and I are not aligned around the importance of winning. Yet I believe both of us departed the conversation with even more respect for one another. Listen and let me know if you agree or disagree. you know, the podcast name, right? It's winning isn't everything. You know, when I created the podcast is I do feel like, you know, there's too much of an emphasis on winning at all costs, you know? And I think of that Vince Lombardi quote, you know, winning isn't everything. It's the only thing, right? And that really was the inspiration for my podcast to try to just do my part in combating this thinking that, Winning at all costs. And again, we've talked about how I respect how you've done things, and there is a very delicate balance, you know, because the reality is it's a competitive world. And the more we try to instill in our kids, like you did that conversation with your daughter, that everybody wins and everybody gets a, you know, a trophy or a certificate, we do do a disservice when we don't prepare our kids for the fact that it is very competitive out there. You know, I was a sports writer covering the NFL. There were thousands of people who wanted to do what I wanted to do, and I had to beat them out to earn that opportunity. And so there is a competitiveness that is real in life. If you're going to have a job, there is a competition, and it's much harder to get your job than it is, and this is no knock on folks who have that job but to be a you know cash register person at a fast food restaurant. Different levels of competition.
1: And you're right, it, it's such a delicate balance because win at all costs, if that's your mentality, then it's not gonna be fulfilling, It just it's not. And so how you define that is probably why this podcast is valuable because how you define that it's not about winning at all costs but also winning is the ultimate goal, right? And finding the balance between we are all collectively here as a team Not just to kumbaya and feel good about ourselves and do like we're here. The common goal that brings us together is this game of football and and trying to put a team on the field that can you know win at the very highest level. That's the common goal that brings us together. But if the only goal is that end goal of winning, then you lose sight of the real true value like we talked about before, which is everything else that happens along the way where you learn how to be accountable you learn discipline, you know, you, you learn how to be able to budget your time and to be somewhere at the right time and to put your best and be told that you did something wrong and be able to say, okay, I'm going to correct that and be able to sit down across the desk from your coach when you don't feel like you're being treated fairly, or you, you're not sure why you're in the position you're in to be able to speak up for yourself. Cause you're going to have to do that one day in the workplace. We're gonna have to sit down with your boss and say, I think I deserve more than I'm getting right now. I think I deserve a promotion. And you have to learn how to do those things. So there's so many things that happen along the way when you're chasing that ultimate goal that really is where the true value comes from. But I think if you don't make winning a priority and you don't have that be as the goal of what you're working for, and like for us, it's a state championship, right? For a new head coach at a program that was five and five, it might be making the playoffs. Maybe it's a coach that took over a program that hasn't won a game in three years. It's winning a game. But you've got to have that goal that you're working towards, right? That's There's got to be that motivation that this is why we're here. We're not just here to feel good about ourselves. We're not just here. Because then I don't think you're, committed to the process and and you won't get the most out of the other areas along the way if you're not really committed to building it.
0: Hey coach, what was a key to building up your program into this powerhouse? Well, you know, it was not known in that way before you arrived and so as you were sort of putting those building blocks in place what do you think were essential to helping to change it into a powerhouse
1: yeah, well, I will say this. It was a very strong program when I took over. It wasn't maybe the national powerhouse, but it was a 4A football power. And so I can't take credit for taking a school from nowhere to this national power. Mike Reardon was a head coach in 2006. They won a state championship. John Sanders, who's a guy that I mentioned that I learned a ton from, took over. He was a D coordinator and kept it going. I think the biggest thing for me was the challenge of taking it from being a 4A power and making it a state and a national power. And I took over with the goal. I wanted to be a national top 25 type program, and we've accomplished that several times. You know, Last year, we finished, I think, number 14 in the country, which that was a big deal for us. And we won the Arizona State Championship at the highest level against schools with 2,000, 3,000 more kids than us. So that was the ultimate goal. But I wasn't the one that started that ball roll in that way. I just I think I carried the torch and,
0: and tried to elevate it. So what was a key taking a program from good to great?
1: I think number one, it starts with a vision. I think, you know, we talk about speaking things into existence. When you have a vision and a plan for what you want to do, then it helps you set the path on what you need to do to get there. So I think that vision was really important. I think one of the things that i've always had success with is the ability to build relationships and i think that's what allowed us to build this program and you know arizona is an open enrollment state children have school choice here going into high school they can choose the school that they want to attend you know there's not transportation provided, but if the parents are willing to get them here and the school has capacity, then they can go. And so I think for us that's kind of how we built this thing up, which is, you know, it was it was all about quality over quantity. It was about it's word of mouth. It's like building a business. You you give people a good product and they're gonna tell other people about it and other people are going to want to experience that. And that's how this program's been built. It's you know the kids that come here, they get coached at a high level, they get treated well, they're told the truth. I have open door policy with parents that I'm never afraid to have sit down conversations with them as long as it's handled the right way. I don't ever talk about anybody else's kids. You know, with parents but i will be transparent with why we do what we do i let them know that i don't always make the right decision but i do my best to make the right decision i make the decision the best interest of our program and i don't do it for any reason other than trying to find the best 11 guys on offense defense and special teams and you know so i think that willingness to be transparent to be honest to really work hard to build relationships and then put a really good staff in place. And that was the thing that took me a couple of seasons, which is when you have good people in place that you allow them to do their job and not micromanage them and be good at delegating things. And and I think I've gotten better and better at that each year of my career and building strong relationships amongst the staff. We've been able to keep our staff together relatively unchanged since I took over as head coach in 2012. And that continuity has been a huge part of why we've been successful. And it's not always easy that we've had bumps in the roads. We've had some, you know, we've had some times where we had to come together and get back on the same page, but we care. And we've spent so much time building relationships with each other, with each other's families going on staff trips and playing golf and doing things where when things do get tough and we do butt heads a little bit, that we can sit down and come back together because we genuinely love and care about each other. And so I think that's it. I, I tell people all the time that I think this program has been built on relationships and having a vision. And if people know you genuinely care about them and they genuinely care about you and you put a plan and place for where to go, they'll go there with you and they'll give you everything they've got. And I feel like that's what we've gotten. Our players and our coaches and our community, I think everybody's bought into that vision.
0: Young athlete in your program, what's a characteristic that you value? Oh
1: man, I I just like passion. I like you know kids that love football. That's the hardest thing, especially. I don't want to sound like an old guy, but kind of in this social media world that we live in now, a lot of kids love the attention and the clout that they get from being a great athlete. I love the ones that love to play because they love the game and they love to compete. Those are the kids that I look for. Like we call them Saguaro football players. Like anybody can play football, Saguaro. We don't make cuts. So if you come out and you show up and you come to the weight room and you come to practices and you make all the workouts, you're going to be on the team. We don't cut anybody. So anybody can play football, Saguaro, but only a select few. I would call Saguaro football players and Saguaro football players are the ones that they love it. They live. Eat, sleep, Soraru football, and it's important to them. It's not about them as individuals. It's not about what they're gonna get out of it. It's about the team. It's about what they can do for the team. It's about being a part of a you know legacy. And those guys are awesome. And the crazy thing is, is the ones that do that, the ones that really buy into the team and pour everything they have into the team, they're the ones that usually benefit the most individually, right? They're they're the ones that usually end up being the players that receive all the accolades and opportunities and offers, and or at least the ones that can make the most out of it when they do get those opportunities.
0: Now, Coach, a delicate balance, because I know you talked again about just multi-sport and things like that. Is it hard for a multi-sport, like a kid who's good at basketball and football? Would it be hard for a kid that is like that, a star in maybe two different sports, to excel and thrive in your program?
1: No, not at all. I mean, that's, I think that's one of the beauties about being, you know, I say a smaller school, it's relatively smaller. It might be, it might be large to some listeners. We've got 1400 kids. And so we're a considered 4A enrollment here. We play in 6A because we've been elevated based on success two times from 4A to 5A, and then from 5A to 6A. And we play against schools that have 3000 plus kids. You know, the team we played in the semifinals last year has nearly 4,000, but because we are a relatively small school, we rely on sharing athletes. You know, we just, we don't have 4,000 kids walking around the halls to where we can just, you know, pressure kids to be one's. Sp- sport athletes and have them in our control all the time. So like, you know, our starting quarterback, he's a stud. He's got multiple division one offers. He was our starting quarterback. He was a starting point guard on the basketball team. And he set the school record in the javelin and qualified for the state in long jump. We've had a bunch of those guys, our defensive end last year, that went to Wisconsin, played basketball. I had a kid named Clay Randall that played for me that went to the Air Force to play football and baseball. And for his first two years there, played both until they kind of were the ones that made him finally have to choose, even though they told him in the recruiting process he could play both. But, you know, it got hard there. But we take a lot of pride. That's one of the things that we pride ourselves in in this program is that you don't have to choose. We're not going to pressure you to be football only. I think as a kid like me that I loved playing every sport growing up, I think there's huge value in kids playing other sports, of getting coached, continuing to be in competitive situations those guys end up being our best competitors because they're in more competitive situations you know you can say oh well I play seven on seven but seven on seven is like it's competitive but it's different you know it's not the same as you know being on the mound bottom of the seventh inning with two runners on base like our safety that was you know one of our closers and a stud baseball player is like I know that dude when the game's on the line he's gonna be ready to go because he's been in that situation multiple times in a lot of different you know scenarios
0: Well, Coach, you've been wonderful. You've got two children yourself. What is something that you're going to be intentional about in their sports journey? If they choose to play sports, I'm not sure how you feel about that, but what's something that you think will be very important as you guide their experience? I
1: want them to enjoy the experience. You know, I've done this long enough. I've seen kids and I'm in my 11th year as head coach. It's crazy how many kids I've had start with me as freshmen and then graduate and move on. You know, perspective I have, which is it goes really fast and I'm gonna be heartbroken when my kids are, you know, moved out and, and off on their own. And I think sometimes the thing that parents lose sight of is this journey is so short, where you get to be a mom or a dad and you get to be part of their experience of playing, whether it's youth sports or high school athletics, to just enjoy it, support them, love them up, encourage them, but don't get so caught up in playing time or scholarships or whatever, that you don't enjoy the experience because the experience ends and it ends really fast and then you can never go back and do it again. And so I think that's one thing for me is I'm gonna be supportive. If my kids are unhappy or whatever, I'm gonna encourage them to speak with their coaches and you know stand up and find out. You know, I think it's so important that we're not gonna take any of our self-worth out of what level of an athlete our kids are. All we want them to do, and my wife and I say this all the time, we want them to be a part of something. We want them to be a part of a team. We want them to be accountable to others. We want them to have other people in their life, coaches or teachers, or it could be the drama teacher, or it could be the you know, like my daughter just finished. She did a little acting class and they had their little performance yesterday. We just want them to be a part of something where they're interacting with other people. They learn how to be accountable. They learn discipline and they have other people that care and keep tabs on them and hold them to a high standard. And I think if we can do that as parents, our kids will have a great experience. And then we'll be able to look back when they're adults and have great memories of that time. I don't ever want to look back on that time of their athletic careers and have them have bad memories because we were so crazy about, you know, why weren't they starting or why weren't they getting scholarships or why weren't they whatever. If they're good enough to play college athletics, then they'll get those opportunities and we'll do everything we can to help them. But we're not going to take any kind of self-worth out of that.
0: What's one message you try to instill in kids who may look up to you or one day want to play in your football program?
1: Kids that I think are kind of drawn to play for us are a certain kind of kid. It's, it's kids that they want to play at a high level. They love to compete. You know, they want to test themselves against the best. And so I just, I, I love it. I get excited. I'm, I'm in year 11. I'm, I'm probably working harder now than I did in year one. So I just, it's funny because there's always been a message out there that, oh, Amon's isn't going to stay and he's leaving. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. And I try to tell people all the time, like, you know, my dad told me, you know, if you find yourself in a great spot, you know, whether it's high school, or college, pro, whatever it is, and don't be in a rush to leave. And I feel like I'm in a great spot right now. It's our high school special. People we have here is special. You know, the program that we have built and the foundation that we built it on is special. So, you know, I, obviously we can't ever encourage kids to come here, but I do believe strongly in what we're doing. And I think, you know, uh, I'm excited for the future generations. I'm excited to keep doing this thing. I know you're talking about coach that's won 400 something games. That seems like it's crazy. I, I think I went over hundred a couple years ago. I can't even fathom how long it'll take me to even get to 200, but you know, I hope I can continue to do this at a high level for a long time. And it's important to me to continue to keep it in perspective and to continue to make an impact on young kids' lives. And so I look forward to future generations
0: that 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 are on the way. Before I close, I wanna share something special. My presenting sponsor, TeamSnap, and my video series, Model Student Athlete, are thrilled to present our first Coach of the Month. We wanna shine the spotlight on coaches in youth sports who are making a positive impact on young student athletes. And our first honoree is Ryan Duber, the Director of Goalkeeping for MSYSA Olympic Development Program in Maryland. A teacher, Ryan played at Hood College and he says he's inspired to coach because it's his way to give back to a sport that's provided him so many opportunities. Congratulations Ryan! thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Winning Is Not Everything. Please make sure to like the podcast and subscribe to the podcast so you can immediately get the latest episode. If you have any questions or comments, please visit my website, SeanKJensen.com, and go to the contact page. You can even leave me a voice recording. And of course, I want to thank my presenting sponsor, TeamSnap, the go-to must-have app in youth sports. Winning is not everything, but the three H's to be a real hero in life are hustle, humility, and heart. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, and we'll see you again next time.